Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! He's taken another one, and another, and Howard Foster has stopped it! Wow! That is going to be controversial! That's a crunching right hand, and that must finish it! It must finish it! Taylor trying to catch himself, using his jab, eats a right hand, another right hand! Hello, hello. We're back again. Raps on TV, reporting fresh from London, straight out of London. We've got a big show today. Uh, not only do we have a, a, a great guest in the studio with us, we're also going to be breaking down the Ward versus Kovalev rematch, a fight that we were all waiting for, all salivating. Got a few rumours to talk about. Going to review the Ryan Burnett win over in Belfast. Great win for him to pick up the IBF. Also going to be talking about boxing news regarding Joshua Bratzi signing to Matchroom. And again, the, the supposed date and venue agreed for Mayweather versus McGregor. Going to hand over to my co-host, Inam. Inam, guten yeah. tag. Guten tag. Thank you. Thank you, all the guys all over the globe again. You know, we really appreciate the support. You know, again, listeners all the way from in the UK, US, South America to China, Russia, mainland Europe. You know, really appreciate the support and the growing support we're getting week in, week out. Uh, news of the week, we've got Eubank Abraham happening on the 15th of July and Brandon Rios is back in the £147 division. How much of an impact can he really make? Let us know your thoughts on our Facebook page. Go in there and just uh, let us know what you think. On tonight's show, we have 2016 Olympian and another star addition to Matchroom's fast-growing stable of ex-Olympians. 3-0 with 100% KO ratio. From Hackney, East London, we've got Lawrence Coley, along with one of his representatives, Will Harvey, from AJ Boxing. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys. Um, Lawrence, do you, do, you have any, do you have a few words before we start? Um, thank you for having me on the show. Um, shout out to all the listeners worldwide. Um, my voice is not only going to be heard in Hackney, but now worldwide, so I'm happy about that. 100%. And just wanted to say, guys, for all the listeners, um, we will be opening the lines intermittently, 100%. Just don't forget, it's two segments. So the first segment, any questions you've got for Lawrence Okoli. Second segment, it's all about your comments for the Ward versus Kovalev 2 breakdown. But thank you again, again, guys, for joining us. Yeah, guys, just to remind you of the phone number, it's 01506 243 403. So make sure you dial in. Uh, Lawrence, at 17, you started boxing to lose some weight because you were diagnosed as obese. What made you decide on boxing? Um, really, I tried other sports beforehand. So I went to play football after school, but while I was no good at it, no one ever picked me. I was picked last. I didn't really enjoy it. Did basketball, but I couldn't jump. And I even, you know, tried to do gym, going for runs. And I remember a time when um, I was going to do a run with a few of my friends and they were doing laps at the park and I could barely finish one lap so it just wasn't resonating with me but um, as soon as one of my friends said let's go down to the boxing gym because he's already boxing and I went in something just clicked straight away like just the sounds of the bags being punched um, just seeing the hard work ethic and also one thing that stuck with me is I wouldn't want to do 10 push-ups myself in the mm. gym but when you're in a boxing gym or you've got like a sort of um, a crowd a crowd yeah it's like you have to do 10 push-ups and yeah. you, you might try and cheat and do 6 but Someone's always watching you. And, and you're only cheating yourself yeah, as well. And if it's not the coach that's watching, it's another boxer will be looking and say, you, you only did six, <laughs> like, finish. They'll actually grass you up like yeah, that, will yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. And, wow. And, and if, even if they don't, you know, tell the coach, they're telling you, they're like, telling I'm you. watching you yeah. not do your 10. Yeah. Like, we're in the boxing gym. 
you do your push-ups, you do your other, yeah. and that's what resonated with me, so that, that, that helped. I think that's almost as bad as somebody telling the coach, to be fair. Once yeah. somebody says to you, listen, mate, you didn't do your 10 push-ups, mm. you want to push to keep to, yeah. get, to get going. Um, so, as Inam said, you, you started, uh, there was a say issue with obesity, um, mm. or you were clinically obese. Yeah. Um, mm. You were working in McDonald's, and we all yeah. know that's, or we know that's part of your story in a big right. fame. I mean, how did that transition out of stop working in McDonald's, eating the McDonald's food, <laughs> and getting into boxing? How did that happen? Um, obviously, I was... Um, at McDonald's, it was, it, was, it was all good there. I mean, I had there was a lot of young staff, so it was it was fun working there. But it just didn't, it, I I didn't really feel it, especially where in school teachers would be like, "You're gonna end up working at McDonald's," mm. like, and it always had that sort of feel to it. Yeah. And the one that I was working at was in um a, a train station that would go out to other to where people go to university. Mm. So I'll be working there, and then people who've just finished um college with me yeah. might come and see me there and it's like oh Lawrence uh, this is what you're doing now okay can I have a double to, cheeseburger yeah exactly <laughs> so I'm help, I'm helping fuel them on their way up to yeah. uni and I'm working at McDonald's but then um, I was on break one um, break during the Olympics because there was mm. so much hype around the Olympics in 2012 because mm. it was in London mm. and um, I watched um, Usain Bolt win a race and mm. Anthony Joshua um, win a gold and it all happened on um, at the like the very last bit of the Olympics so wow. that really resonated with me and even though I didn't know I was going to get to the Olympics or I didn't know how I just remember thinking you know A mm-hmm. it's motivational and inspirational but B I was thinking this is going to do so much for the sport of boxing mm-hmm. um, in England yeah. so I don't know um, I didn't really envision how it would happen but I just mm-hmm. felt you know what like I can do this I can do this and from there I just obviously stopped working there because mm-hmm. I couldn't help myself. I'd have <laughs> yeah. the double cheeseburgers on the break. I'd have yeah. the McFlurry. I'd go and, you know, take some extra chips and whatever. But yeah. um, obviously, once I started knuckling down with training, having to make weight again, um, yeah, I, could, I couldn't do both at the same time. And you know, unfortunately, I ended up qualifying. Yeah. So how's your pro career been so far? Uh, my pro career, is obviously, it's been, you know, a perfect start. Um, in theory, you know, I've had three fights, three wins, three KOs. I boxed on, you know, world championship bills, um, stadium fights, arena fights. So I've been exposed to big crowds and big occasions very early on in my career. So mm. that's a positive. So obviously when I get myself to the, you know, level where I'm boxing for titles and further up the bill, I've already experienced the big crowd. I've already experienced the pressure of crowds. Yeah. And then I just have to deal with the pressure of beating higher level opposition. Yeah. Good, and I was just going to say before, we don't want to forget you, Will. Um, so we have Will Harvey here from AJ Boxing. Um, Will's obviously helped arrange the meeting as well and get us yeah. the, studio, the studio session. Um, Will, do you want to just tell the, our listeners about yourself and how you work with Vicoli, how you know each other? And- yeah, so I've been working for AJ Boxing for about a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he obviously represents himself um, as part of his own management company. Uh, and so up until... December or January was just Anthony that we represented mm-hmm. um, and then obviously Lawrence and Anthony have known each other they go back a while he's they're, they're old friends and he's mm-hmm. somewhat mentored him um, up until now they spar together as well okay. so when he was turning pro um, we were looking to expand the company mm-hmm. take on as much uh, of the right talent that we wanted to people that Anthony the team mm-hmm. um, and his coaches had singled out as people that can potentially operate at world level um, yeah. and become in you know get themselves in that bracket of an elite fighter 
Um, and Lawrence really was the first person that Anthony singled out. So we had a few conversations. Lawrence um, saw a number of other people. Um, I mean, you have to ask him why he ended up picking us, but I'd like to think we, you know, we... Recognised his source. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> had to get that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. Recognised the source that was abundant in him. Um, and, you know, we, we are quite a small company. We're growing quickly, but... Um, we want to work with the best and we feel like what we've done with Anthony uh, and the opportunities we've presented him and the way that we've helped mm -hmm. his career grow, we can do for a lot of other people who fall under that bracket. And mm -hmm. Lawrence was definitely, most definitely one um, of those characters. So it really seemed like a, seemed like a natural, natural progression for us to start working together. Good. Yeah. So tell us about your time in Rio and how you felt once you qualified, Lawrence. Um, like qualifying obviously was amazing. Um, because I got into the Great Britain team in November 2015. So it was literally maybe um, like under six months from when I got into the team and had my first international fight to when the qualifiers was. But I always felt like I was going to get to the Olympics for some reason. I'd had 15 fights. So in terms of boxing, that's mm. a novice bracket. That's so remarkable. I could, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I could still go into novice tournaments in England because mm. I hadn't even had 20 fights. But... I'm boxing against internationals, and um, you know, I, you know, boxed um, in different countries. Mm -hmm. You know, boxed against um, some good fighters. So when it came to the qualifiers, I was feeling confident, but it was my first major um, tournament, mm -hmm. and it was the Europeans. And in it, you know, I knew that there was, you know, highly ranked boxers because you know the rankings, you watched on YouTube and wherever else the top fighters in your weight class, and mentally thought how you'd um, deal with them, and then um. You know, I got to the qualifiers and I saw my um, draw and it was like there was world number eight, world number um, five, world number three and a home fighter. So I remember looking at him thinking, like, this is, this mm. is I've got my work cut out for me here. And in amateur boxing, it's not I'm going to box X on this day and that's mm. that. It's you box this country. If you win, you box mm. this one and then whoever wins out of these and it's, it's always constantly changing. But... um. Yeah, I managed to qualify. And when I qualified, I beat the world number three. So I was um, over the moon. That was on BBC and everything. So mm. all my friends and family got to watch it. So it was amazing. And knowing that I was going to Rio, I was like, it was, yeah, it was quite overwhelming, you yeah. know, like. It's a and um, achievement. Yeah, and it's also where so many of the Great Britain team qualified as well. We got mm -hmm. to, you know, share it together. So, yeah. um yeah, it was, it was yeah, it was, it was crazy, especially seeing how much it meant to a lot of the other boxers who mm. had been on the team for four years, six years, and where I'd come and just sort of snuck under the radar and qualified, I got to, you know, share it with them. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, again, the NAMS is remarkable, but it really is to be watching the Olympics in 2012, to actually be competing in one of the most physically challenging sports, um, which is boxing, I think, really, I'll take my hat off to you if I was wearing one. But it's I think, a yeah, short it's, amateur yeah. career as well. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. So talk mm. about, just, just tell me about when you first went into Team GB, because obviously mm. it must have been a bit of high pressure. Joshua has just won gold. Yeah. There's a lot of talent coming out of there. How was your first interaction with Team GB? Were you nervous, um, excited? Uh, I don't know what to think, because I knew, I knew who all of the boxers on the Great Britain team were, you yeah. know, because... They went to Europeans, Worlds, and I was watching at home, like, mm. keeping up with how they're doing. Um, so when I got into the team, um, there's two tiers. So there's podium potential and podium. So okay. um, anyone that gets into the team, you start off on podium potential, which is mm. sort of sort of like the B team, mm -hmm. and then you work up to A team. So yeah. I was there, and then 
some people they're like, yeah, you just have to keep working, and then mm. a year or two you'll get to go up to A team and mm. so on and so forth. But I was like, no, like yeah. I'm going to this Olympics <laughs> no, here. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not yeah. messing about, and, and I wouldn't be afraid to say it. Like mm. not just okay. to. So you had the confidence. Yeah, I mean, I said it to the coaches, to mm. other boxers, other boxers in my weight class, and I remember them laughing like, oh, you had 15 fights. Like, what, yeah. are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. So on and so forth. Like get your experience and I'll just be like yeah, don't worry yeah, we'll see we'll see, we'll see. Well, and like you, now some of the boxers um, they were like we actually thought you were crazy any names can you tell us who that was <laughs> uh, I don't want to say their <laughs> names don't, 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 don't expose them yeah, but. yeah, yeah. but some, like, some of them were like yeah like, like we actually nuts. thought you were crazy then, when, <laughs> then after I boxed um, in November etc mm-hmm. December um, I got told you know what um, and also one thing that I just want to throw in there is that um I was going up and doing extra sessions with the with the A team. Mm-hmm. So um, the B team is there once every two weeks. So you're there for two sessions in Sheffield yeah. a month. But I would be like, you know, like no extra pay, no anything. Just get me a room yeah. and let me, you know, train, train. with the nice. A team so I can see what it's like. Let me yeah. spar against, you know, the um, the top um, the ones in the country. Let, mm. let, me, let me just see. And then mm-hmm. they could see that I was there and I was, you know, hang like, more than like holding my own with them, mm-hmm. and like, I, I didn't know out of place basically. Yeah. I, I didn't feel out of place, and yeah. obviously they thought they recognised like, what yeah. we were bringing. And then so two months later, so two months of being on the team, they said, you know what, in the new year you're going to be on to the um, podium team. So mm. then okay, that's the first check mark done. A team, then you have to get yourself to be number one in Great Britain to then even be sent to the qualifiers. So you know, December, um, January. I boxed against like the American number one, and mm. he'd beaten every GB boxer that he'd faced. So he had a style that seemed to be able to beat the Great Britain style. Mm. But I went and got the win against him, and I think from there it sort of cemented um, myself as like, okay, we made the right choice with him. And then yeah, we just um, that's an in- incredible story. Really, yeah. it's incredible. I mean, I mean, like uh, these are the kind of stories that people don't know about. You know, the sacrifices mm. people yeah. like you make. You know. Mm. They see they see the glitz and the gamma. They see you on TV. Mm. They see boxes on TV. You know, but it's, it's just like we will talk about Ryan Burnett's story later on mm. as well. It's the sacrifices mm-hmm. people yeah. have to make to mm-hmm. get there. Mm-hmm. You know. And what about motivation? Because we all know you, you've coming out of Hackney. Mm-hmm. Um, Hackney's changed now, but previously yeah. for you, probably growing up, you know, we know Harry Davis. It was not yeah. the greatest of areas. Mm-hmm. What was your motivation to keep me focused? Because when you're doing something and you're not getting paid, mm-hmm. sometimes you just kind of go off a of, veer off into a different path. What um, I think I just literally loved the sport. So mm. I think Good. like a lot of people do a lot of different things that don't pay. Like mm. some people have hobbies or whatever, like yeah. painting or that even cost them. Mm. But I just really enjoyed um, boxing, the training, um, how my body changed, how my mentality changed. And I could mm. see those things and then it just kept me going. And then every time I had a fight, I'd be geared up and I just want to win mm. this fight. And then I just want to win the next fight. And then... It just kept leading on, like so. Yeah. It was never like I had a set plan of I'm gonna do this, this, this. This person's gonna see me. It all just sort of happened. All I was doing was training hard, fighting when I needed to fight, go home, mm. live my life, training, fight, train and fight, and then one thing led to another in some intricate way, and then we got here. So yeah, you know. no, it's, it's, it's what's truly what, so what's life been like making the transition from amateur boxing to the pros? Is it a big change for you? Yeah, it's uh, it's a big change. Um, 
on an amateur setup, you're kind of shielded by the Great Britain banner. Mm-hmm. Or it depends as you know, but before you're in a Great Britain team, it's similar to being on a professional setup that you have to go to training at a certain time mm-hmm. in a certain place and you sort of build your life around um training. Mm-hmm. But on the Great Britain setup it's there, you're there, you're gonna run at this time because that's the time the coach said. Yeah. You're gonna go to the gym at this time because that's, that's what the coach said. Yeah. You're going to box and spar X amount of rounds with X, Y, Z, because that's what the culture said. So yeah. it's sort of um, everything sort of scheduled and done. To, yeah. yeah. But when you turn professional in terms of training, you have to create your own setup. So okay. I was fortunate enough that UEO and Duncan allowed me to do my strength and conditioning there. I have my trainer, Brandon Shaughnessy, that does the boxing side and I have mm. to um, do my runs. So mm. I can have them set me runs. I have to do my runs, but... There's no one that's going to wake me up at seven and say, run, or wake yeah. me up at five and say, run. It's like, I have to motivate myself. Yeah. And especially when it gets to day four, five, six of training in a row, when you start getting tired, that's when you have to start asking yourself the real questions, like, why Why do I want to do this? Because mm. it's not easy, especially yeah. when you're training two, three times a day at high intensity. Um, so you have to be more self-motivated when you're pro. Yeah. But that's just the training side. In terms of just life in general, it's different in the sense that um, there's more of a spotlight on what you're doing. So in the amateurs, you could be boxing against the world number three or the world number eight or whatever, and then there might be 50, 100 people in the arena capping when you win. Well done, Coley, England or whatever. But when you turn pro, you're dealing with thousands of fans um, Ready to they, all they want to see is blood. Like if yeah. it's yours or the opponent's, no mm. one, no one cares. They just yeah. want to see excitement, getting stopped on the road. People ask me for pictures. Like initially, it was it was proper. It was really, really weird for me because mm. I'd be walking down the road and someone would tap me, and you're not used to, especially in London. Yeah, like strangers. So what's sort my of, man want? Yeah, literally, <laughs> that's literally what it's like. It's like what, it's like what's up, especially. People of similar age and yeah. all that stuff is kind of like like, like where do you know me from? Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to train and leave yeah. me. But then you have to um, learn that you know that's that's sort of what, what's it's happening with life now. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose you have to embrace that as well. Mm. It's part yeah. part of the success, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and yeah, now even I see it more as a motivation. So now that I realise that it's support, mm. oh, well done, you're doing it. Like yeah. when the days I'm not feeling great and. I don't want to push it today in training mm. and then someone might just see me and say oh you're doing so great like yeah. it's so good for the kids and whatever it just gives me that extra spring in my yeah, step and good. okay mm. yeah you know what this is why yeah. you know what I mean straight off the chain in burpees yeah exactly, yeah, exactly yeah. good and on that um, we're going to open up the line so as I said earlier um, we have our listeners calling some of the braver few like to get their opinions of course <laughs> like to be heard um, so we're going to open up the lines now so we're going to go to 348 348 the floor is yours hello hello Hi, Kojo, you alright? How you doing? Who's speaking? How you doing, Tom? How you doing, Tom? So, Tom, yep. uh, so guys, Tom is one of our uh, Raps on TV t- team journalists. Okay. So, Tom, we've got Lawrence, we've got Will here, they're listening. Question or statement? How you doing, guys? You alright? Yeah, good. Um, I just wanted to uh, bring up the, obviously, this has probably been talked about quite a lot since uh, Lawrence has turned pro. Um, with the British cruiserweight scene, we obviously have the likes of Isaac Chamberlain, Wadi Camacho, uh, Craig Kennedy... Um, I wanted to ask Lawrence, what threat do you pose to these fighters, obviously all being very good fighters, and um, do you see these as crossroads fights for the future? Um, Thanks, Tom. You're on mute. You go. You go. go ahead. Um, yeah, I see them all as crossroads fights. Um, once again, like, I'm not afraid to say I want to win world titles. 
I want to be at the pinnacle of the sport. So hopefully mm-hmm. my hard work and talent will take me there. So those are all names that, you know, I've thought about fighting. And mm-hmm. um, the danger I pose to them is that I'm obviously big, strong, athletic, mm-hmm. a good puncher, good boxer, good thinker. And I train very hard. But, I mean, we all train hard because it's our job. Yeah. But um, the danger <clears> is that at any time in a fight, like, I can... Um, not Any fight can knock any other fighter out. Mm. But, obviously, I'm... You've got a reputation. I've got a for reputation for it, not just as a pro, as an mm. amateur, so on and so forth. So yeah, um, the danger is I can knock any of those guys out. Good, good. All right, so we're going to go out to 985. 985, the floor is yours. Hello, Hello there. How are you, how, how you, how you doing, fellas? How you doing? Is that You're Daniel? Right? Yeah, this is Daniel. Where are you doing? Not too bad, thanks. Hi. Good. We've got Lawrence and uh, Lawrence Coley and Will Harvey in the studio with us. Uh, question or statement, Daniel? Listen, just want to tell Lawrence, just keep up the graft, where he's come from, to what he's doing now, brilliant, just keep up the hard work, big fella. That's all I'm going to say, and that's it. Listen, graft pays off every time. Yeah. Can't beat graft. Keep fucking grafting, son, yeah. and that's Thanks. it. Thanks, Big D. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Don't forget, um, we're going to be no talking worries. about Ward Kovalev later on, so uh, make sure you tune in. So we're going to open up to uh, one more caller for this session. Uh, 251, 251. The floor is yours. Hello. Question or statement? Yeah. Hi, hi, guys. How are you doing? It's uh, D from Below the Belt. Hi, D. So it's Below the Belt. Uh, is another okay. uh, pod, uh, podcast as well. Yeah, yeah. So, D, the floor is yours. Yeah, hi, Lance. Um, just a question, really. Uh, oh. the, the, the Cruiserweights, they haven't necessarily got the biggest names as far as like pushing into the pay-per-view um, element. So would you give any consideration to like Potentially moving up in weight or potentially going down in weight? Or um, are you just gonna just stick at the weight? Um going down is 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 physically impossible. Mm-hmm. Um going up that's obviously something that might have to happen in the future if I can't make the weight. But right now I make cruiserweight very easily. And in terms of creating names and um pay per view, I think the most important thing is to um the, the talent needs the, the light needs to be shunned because there's a lot of talented cruiserweights mm-hmm. but they don't have um, many names and reputations. So what yeah. what it really comes down to is hopefully I can continue to win and then I'll bring light to the division because um, for some reason in this country, no one has ever qualified for the Olympics since um, before I was born. Mm. So now that there's an Olympian in the weight, it sort of brings attention. You hear the, 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 the weight being said um, freely now, cruiserweight, mm. cruiserweight, cruiserweight, where before you never used to hear about yeah. it. So... Um, Hopefully, as long as I can keep doing what I'm doing, I feel like I've said it before, every cruiserweight in Britain should be praying for my success until we fight each other. Um, but yeah, I'm sure. um, as, as, as long as I keep doing what I'm doing, I think light will shine. Yeah. Th- thanks for that, D. Um, just wanted to say, guys, uh, for everyone listening, stay on the line. We are going to uh, open up again for more questions and also for Ward versus Kovalev. Um, so I'm going to go back, and this is more of a, a joke question, but... Slightly serious. Working at McDonald's, what was your burger of choice in terms of? Did you have one of these secret menu burgers on um, on lock or? It depended. I mean, like when they had um like promotional burgers, they would be bigger. So yeah. that's why um I go for them. But I'm just gonna um, bigger in size as well, like yeah, stacking them up. Actually, yeah, <laughs> but um. I'm just gonna give you guys a little insider, the burger, now, insider tip. Yeah, no, no, not the burger, now, <laughs> the insider tip. So in McDonald's, I don't know if anyone knows this, but there's the same two burgers they use in a Big Mac and a double cheeseburger. 
Do you know that? No. So, what? yeah, 100%. I didn't believe it either, but the same patties that they yeah. used, they used two okay. to build a Big Mac. Mac. It's the same exact amount of meat that they use to build a double cheeseburger. Jesus. And I prefer the double cheeseburger, so I'll take two. Yeah. And uh, that will come under my um, allowance. Yeah, okay. And I get double the amount of meat. Jeez. <laughs> strategic, strategic. Yeah. strategic, strategic yeah. <laughs> but on, on dietary requirements, mm. I read that you, I'll say change your diet, but are you a vegetarian, vegan, um, or are you along the lines? I've, you're quite I'm plant-based. I'm in the middle of, like, vegan and vegetarian. Like, yeah. I haven't made the full transition. Yeah. I mean, like, um, I still have the occasional bit of chocolate. Yeah. yeah. yeah don't worry. chocolate, yeah. Um, secret safe with us. Yeah, but in terms of, like, I haven't eaten, like, um, meat, eggs, um, mm-hmm. drank milk or anything like that. But the other stuff that's like maybe got milk in it, for mm-hmm. example, um, like I said, chocolate or whatever, yes. I still have, but we're getting um, better. I think hopefully I'm going to have some um, food sponsors that are going to um, help me to make the transition a little yeah. bit better. And is that, I mean, two things, is that since you turned pro? And again, what um, made you yeah. make that decision? Oh, since um, my birthday last year, so in December. Yep. And I think it's something I always kind of wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, once you once I had the freedom of training all, mm-hmm. all around, it's like I could choose what time I trained, what I ate, yep. what I decided to buy, what I didn't want to buy. So... Um, I sort of made the transition. I thought I'd give it, you know, three or four weeks, see how I felt. Mm-hmm. Then after three or four weeks, I, I started to actually, like, mentally I felt like it was the right choice. So mm-hmm. I said, you know what, let's do it for another month. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I just haven't looked back and it's yeah. made a lot of difference in maintaining my weight, my recovery time. I don't know if it's all mental or perceivable but at the same mm. time uh, it's not broken so I'm, I'm going with it well, it's, 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 it's the mind it's the mindset mm. isn't it so even if something is just mental as long as yeah. you believe it and mm-hmm. you believe it's enhancing your performance yeah. then at the end of the day you're okay. the one that's getting in the ring right <laughs> so that's all that counts so which promoters tried to sign you Lawrence and why ultimately did you sign with Eddie Hearn and Matchroom um, I think the reason why I went with Eddie Hearn and Matchroom is um I sort of saw it as the other people that tried to get in um, touch with me is we, what I like is um, working with people that I actually like as people, mm. if that makes sense. So, for example, I like Anthony Joshua, mm. I like Will Harvey, I like mm. Freddie Hunt, I like... Big up. Uh, yeah, I, I like them. I like mm. my the coach that I have. Mm. Um, so I can be loyal to them mm. and I feel that they can be loyal to me. So mm. I have to push myself and run and then eventually I have to... You know, obviously, whatever I make, I'm splitting, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I want to do it with people that I actually um, like. Mm-hmm. So with some of the other promoters, not saying I didn't like them, but mm-hmm. in terms of could I go on a two-hour um, car journey or a six-hour mm-hmm. plane journey with them and yeah. have a chat and not feel weird or mm-hmm. awkward. Um, Good banter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, that that that's, that's one of the mm-hmm. uh, main things. Obviously, Sky Sports, there's a massive platform there. Um and obviously where Anthony Joshua, I'd already seen what he'd done with Anthony mm. Joshua, with mm. Luke Campbell and um, a lot of the other Olympians. Yeah. It just seemed like a natural sort of choice. Mm. So do you think like um, Matchroom is just so far ahead of the competition? I mean, can you see any of the promoters you know, coming close to what um, they're achieving? I think right now they're just far too far in front. Mm. You never know what's going to happen at mm. any time. But I think that not only the fighters that they've had mm. and what they've shown they can do, it's the fighters that they're getting now. So, <laughs> yeah. not just the Olympians, they're 
getting other little fighters that mm. um, you might not um, have known of yet, but you can just see the quality difference mm. between mm. the boxers that they've got and the quality of some of the other um, promoters. Mm. Um, so that shows that in the next two, three, five years, they're mm. going to have stars. Of, the stars of the today future. are going to be gone, exactly. and then yeah. the ones here are going to come. And then the ones behind that are watching what's happening with the Olympians now mm. or the other fighters now are looking match room or the upper ones match mm-hmm. so whatever happens with us if we're steered in the right way and we're mm. actually we actually become names then someone will fight and it just continues that way yeah I think sorry what you well no because and from from our point of view as like advisors of his mm. when it comes to choosing a promoter like we talked to he obviously talked to a whole variety of promoters mm. and financially some might have been throwing more at him mm. but what you get with Matchroom is the proper career, all round, well-rounded career development. Yeah. So not only is the platform three, four, five times as big as you'll get on any with any other promoter via exactly. Sky Sports, mm. the way that they progress you as a fighter, mm. they've been doing it, like we said, with Luke Campbell, with Anthony Joshua, mm. for years now, and mm. they're the best in the business at it. And the shows that they put on, if you went to see a matchroom show yeah. compared to a show from any one of the other promoters mm. it's just it's just a different just level different. you you yeah. won't get a Wembley mm. or a Bramall Lane with yeah. anybody else so yeah. for someone like Lawrence that we're all in the sport to make money at the end of the day because mm. that's the most important thing for a fighter mm. but if you look at the long term progression that you'll get with matchroom long term your earning potential will be yeah. 10 times what you might get in the first year with some other promoter so I think for you, like you said, although you get on very well with Eddie, what he's done with the people before you made it quite an easy an easy decision for you. Yeah, and I think just to say you're right, it's the whole package. It's yeah, not exactly. just what you're going to do with your career. It's kind of, you can look at Matchroom and say, well, actually, I'm going to probably be on good cards, which mm-hmm. is going to raise my profile. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be in the camps with guys that are quite mm-hmm. competitive, are at mm-hmm. a good level, so that's going to improve your skill set. Yeah. And then just in general, you think, like you said, you, we've been to matchroom shows and we've been to some of the others, and there's, yeah. they're good, but there's a difference. There's, a difference, there's, yeah. there's just a difference. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you call it source or what the kids call it, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. there is a, the atmosphere, so the production, different. So, for example, I find matchroom now they're trying to do what they do in Vegas when it's fight week. So they try to build up. For example, you're going to have the weigh-in, you're going to have the press mm, conference, yeah. you're going to have the open workout. What that does to fight fans, it enhances your experience. So all of a sudden, you walk in via the O2, pop into Nando's, Mm. there's a Coley, there's a Harry Davis, there's whoever, do you see what I mean? Dave Allen, there's a variety of boxers that you just get better exposure to. So I I, I think it it makes it an easier choice. Um, What that's going to do for the competition long term, Mm. I don't know, because again, there's not many cruiserweights, I would say, that are domestically. But I would say, if you're going to look at long term, how... Good. Where's where's the best place to go? It has to be matchroom, really. Mm-hmm. I think long term they'll put you in the biggest fights as well. They'll get you those world title fights. Yeah. And now they're getting and global respect as well. Oh, 100 yeah. percent. I mean, for me, I mean matchroom, and this is not just me being biased. Mm. Eddie and Matchroom are probably the biggest and best promoter in the world, in my yeah. opinion, right now. So they're so clever as well yeah. in all kind of aspects. You know, it's just the yeah. way he thinks, so strategic. Yeah. You know. Mm. I mean, the way he's just got the Olympic team just wrapped up, you yeah. know, it's, it's just like oh, a rotator belt, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's just going, it's, it's on lockdown, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, Sheffield Rivers coming out of that, that training camp, mm. he's coming to match room, we mm. know that, you yeah, know. exactly. So he's, ba- he's basically got the best 
future <laughs> fighters coming through, you know, and it's just yeah. it's just the way he thinks, you yeah. know, and the way he's just a like monopolized guy, mm-hmm. you know, the way he's making like a, a, a contacts with the highest levels within the, uh, the, 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 with like the IBF and the WBA, yeah. you know, yeah. it's the instant, you know, opportunities he can provide at world well, level. That's exactly, that's know? exactly the point. I mean, British boxing is at its the best and the mm. most strongest it has been Easily. for pro- probably ever. Yeah. And so with someone like Eddie, and I'm speaking for Lawrence here, he will be put you know, he's got the best chance of being in the biggest and best world title fights at the earliest and appropriate opportunity yep. than he has even with any other promoter in the world, I think. So, yeah, um, yeah we're in a good place with it. It's De- good. Def- definitely a good place. So, um, as we're talking about Matchroom, 1st of July, return to the ring. Um, do you know much about your opponent? What can Tell our listeners what they can expect to see, other than the fact we've said you've got a good one punch, uh, uh-huh. one first-round knockout ratio. Mm. What can our listeners expect to see, and what do you know about your opponent on the 1st um, of July? I'm not sure which opponent's going to be. There's been a few that they've given mm. notice to, because um, people I'm fighting now want longer notice to prepare for me. Um, <laughs> After that, Helisink, yeah. I don't know how to I pronounce his name, but... Are. The knockout, mm. yeah, you, yeah. You, lock, you locked him down seriously. <laughs> um, so either way, I just know that they're going to come in shape and yeah. everyone wants to cause an upset, especially at the heavier weights. They mm. know that there's always that chance they land the one big punch mm. and it's all over. So I expect um, my opponent to come out fit and ready, whoever mm. it is, but I've been training hard for a long time, not yeah. just being pro, but as an amateur, mm-hmm. so and so forth. So for years I've been training, um, so now it's just going to be me in great shape, punching hard, punching fast, able to handle the situation because it's going to be old to arena. Yeah. Whoever I'm boxing might n- not have boxed that arena like that. But mm. the main thing is not really worrying about who I'm boxing and what they can and can't handle. It's more about myself and I know I can handle the situation. Yeah. I can punch hard, can punch fast and uh, yeah, I'm going to get another knockout. So you seem quite close to Anthony Joshua. Um has he provided you a blueprint for success? Work hard, train hard, and also, how does AJ Boxing support you? Um, in terms of Anthony Joshua's um, blueprint, um, there is one there, but obviously the dynamics are always different depending on who it is and what's happening. Um, so there's a blueprint there, train hard, um, fight hard, and mm-hmm. win. And once you do that, everything else falls um, in line around it. In terms of AJ Boxing management, they help with just making sure everything on a day-to-day runs smoothly. So obviously mm-hmm. we've got Will here setting up this interview mm-hmm. um, because my focus is every day I've got two or three training sessions to get yeah. done and um, they're not easy. It's not the sort of thing mm-hmm. I can just go in half hard. I have to be mentally yeah. ready for it because someone's going to be throwing punches at me and mm-hmm. everyone wants a you know, sparring story of mm-hmm. knocking this guy out or whatever. So let's be switched on. Yeah. Then going to the gym... Duncan and um, my strength coaches aren't messing about in their revise. Mm. They're they've got goals for me that I don't I don't want the goals, but they've got <laughs> goals for me. I need to be doing this kind of time on this yeah. exercise. I need to be lifting this weight. I need to be you know mm. doing this that another. So I have to go in there mentally switched on and yeah. ready to execute. And even my runs, um, I don't do little little runs or mm. anything. It's like I have set times I have to beat or mm-hmm. set distances and sometimes I set myself or I get set times I don't want to I don't I do not want to do mm-hmm. but I've set them so I have to or distances I don't want to run but I've set it so I have to so mentally it's very draining and physically so having 
like people like Will and that it makes all the other stuff around fall into place quite um comfortably. So I, I, I wanna do an interview, it has yeah. to be at a certain time, I wanna yeah. do this, it has to be at a certain time to fit in around training or sponsorship stuff and the main thing is not to get too caught up in sponsorships and stuff mm. like that, especially early on because yeah. The focus is winning. Winning. Yeah. If you want the sponsors, you've got For to keep real. winning, right? For real. But then, you know, the ones that they can get and yeah. um, so on, that just don't take too much from me, yeah. if that makes sense. Yes. So there might be people offering like, more money than the mm-hmm. sponsor have or whatever, yeah. but they want more from you. Yeah. So it's about sifting through, like, okay, you know what, Got what works with your training. Up. So yeah. that's where they help. Perfect. And I guess... Do you want to? Yeah, I mean, who would you say domestically is your biggest challenge at the moment? Um, I don't really, I don't really see anyone as a big challenge. I'm not saying oh, I can knock everyone out in mm. round one or whatever. But All right, so can we can we chuck some names and tell me what you think? Okay. Yeah. Uh, why the commercial? Um, what do you mean? What do I think though? As in, like, um, how do you think you'll uh, if you were to fight him? Uh, how do you think that fight would go? Um, you can never say because. Um, he can knock me out with the first punch. I can knock him out in the first punch. But the reality is, I think I'd win that fight by stoppage within six, like, under six rounds. Okay. Um, Isaac Chamberlain, would that be a tough fight, easy fight? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think all of them, all of those fights are only difficult because we're all boxers who train hard. But that's one where I think um, it would also end by um, stoppage. Okay, okay. Um, I'm not going to chuck any names at you. What I did want to say, just talking about domestically, off air, we, I kind of said, you know, your career, we was talking about the blueprint of Anthony Joshua that he mm-hmm. set. But I do think, again, for your own career, you fought at the MEN Arena, you fought at the SSC Hydro in Glasgow, mm-hmm. Bramall Lane, now O2 Arena, within less than five fights. I think that clearly shows that, although there is a blueprint, I think you're following your own path and you're making mm-hmm. an own name for yourself because... That's great exposure, you know, so early into your career. Mm-hmm. So, again, just take my hats off to you. But I want to delve into more of the personal side. That We've got these tags, Penny Boy, <laughs> Source. Yeah. Like, tell our listeners how they came about, what they mean to you, how important it is for you to have your own brand away from just Lance Akali, the boxer. Yeah. Um, in terms of Penny Boys, that's a group of my close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, that The name literally came about by mistake where um, a couple of us, well, a couple of them were wrestling. Mm. They knocked over a jar. Wrestling, was, boxing? Like, no, like, like having a play fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, just uh, in someone's house. They knocked over um, a glass of, you know, pennies yeah. that had been saved up, smashed. Yeah. And then the name just came from that. But then um, more than the name, like after the name was made, mm-hmm. that's when we started actually looking at what we could sort of turn what we're doing into because even before I turned pro and mm-hmm. whatever, we'll be training together, doing stuff, putting on Snapchat, Instagram, mm-hmm. and then people would be like, oh, wow, that's really um, exciting, it's motivational, so on. So then we started using it to create like um, an ethos amongst ourselves of working hard, working hard in the competition, working smart, togetherness, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And that helps me because I could have a different group of friends who like either want from me mm-hmm. or they want to take from me. So yeah. in terms of want like, oh, just, oh, Lawrence, oh, you're, you're doing this, can we have that? Mm. Or, for example, I need to train and they're like, listen, we've got these girls here or mm. we've got this party. And, you know, as, as a young guy, there's the stuff that... Temptation, you, you, yeah, right? Yeah, and if you've got people piling the temptation on as much as you have to be self-motivated, so mm. on and so forth, it creates the, the dilemma in your head. But I'm looking with, at Will here saying, well, you've got a tough job, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Keep me away from temptation. <laughs> yeah, and, um, but with like a team like um, the Penny Boys it's a case of 
I might want to go out one day. Yeah. And they're like, mate, you've got a fight in a few weeks. Mm. You can't come with us. Or, yeah. Like, I might want, they might see me just about to get into my car to go meet someone. Whoa, we got, what where are you, you doing? Yeah. yeah, where are you going? So, or mm. I'm up late and I'll get a message from Will or mm. someone I'm on. Are Instagram you a pretty boy as well, Will? Are you part of? I don't. I don't know yet. I, I, I say he's an honorary. You want to be? Do you want to be a pound boy? He's a pound boy. He's the pound boy. He's bringing the pound. There's honorary members. I think yeah, I'm an honorary yeah, member. Yeah. It's a long road. It's yeah. a long road to get in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's getting very close. Okay. <laughs> but um, like, like, as I was saying, with that is um. I actually forgot what I was saying, but regardless, they help. Those are your they're good, clubs. true friends. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a quite a unique catchphrase. And, you know, these days, boxing, you know, and branding has become really, you know, mm. when, say, uh, Mavo was fighting Pacquiao, uh, Alberto, me and Coach were in Vegas, and, you know, just realised the genius of the man. You know, mm. he would say something and it becomes a brand, mm. like 490TBE, yeah. mm. right? TNT. You know, that thing, TB, he just Hard came out with dedication. it. And then when you go there, there's an entire clothing range yeah, based on it, TBE, mm. you know, baseball caps, snapbacks, mm. so, socks. Like, mm. you know, Penny Boys, I mean, have you have thought, had any th- thoughts about branding that, merchandising it as mm. Lawrence becomes more successful? Where, and where can we expect to see it outside uh, of boxing? Maybe? It's already been trademarked, so if anyone's trying to steal yeah. the name, yeah. you can't. You heard that, but, listeners. Yeah, um, but in terms of all that stuff, Obviously, with the success that I'm getting outside of many mm-hmm. um, boys in boxing and what everyone else is doing, and obviously with the help of AJ Box Management, we've got plans in place of not just mm-hmm. merchandise, but we want to do stuff like open up gyms. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us work in either sports or mentoring, yeah. so we want to do stuff like um, creating schemes that are mixing sports and mentoring, mm-hmm. like starting up in places like Hackney, because a lot of us um, come from there. Like, Good. My brother actually works um, in a place called Boxing um, Academy, which okay. is a school that um, kids who struggle in other types of schools mm-hmm. like get kicked out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Instead of them being sent to other correctional um, facilities, they mm-hmm. go to um, the Boxing Academy, which mm-hmm. is um, split between boxing and getting the actual GCSEs. So, and um, where what I like about it is the case of like say kids acting out, mm. like speaking in, when the teacher speaking instead of the teacher not being able to handle it and mm. sending them outside and they get referrals. Okay, mm. ten push ups. Mm. They don't do it. Twenty push ups. Yeah. So they um, learn through boxing, mm. discipline, hard work, mm. and then they get to see you know. Um, how the boxers, like most boxers, come from working class kind of backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems to be that kind of sport for some reason. Yeah. So there's a connection that they can get with um, boxers and see where how mm. fighting hard and working hard can change your life. So it doesn't have to be a, they have to become boxers, but yeah. that mindset exactly. helps them with whatever they want yeah. to do. So and and it's and not and don't take this the wrong way, but I think you've proven from coming from Hackney becoming a professional boxer that mm. you've got weight in terms of being able to advise people mm-hmm. and I know so I go to All Stars Boxing Gym we've got Ashley Theofane who's signed to Mayweather mm. when he walks in the gym and he says to the guys listen are you doing your burpees are you doing this mm. they listen why because one he's done it and two he's got somewhere with it and sometimes me as a nine to five worker mm. I can't be able to ex- ex- elaborate or you know stress the importance of just being disciplined being focused in your life the same way some somebody that yourself can in. And boxing, in general, gives people so many characters to their life. I mean, one of the things Spencer Fearon, who we, we, we're quite close with, he always says, step forward, don't be afraid, never step back, 
always step forward. And I think that's a good life mantra to have. So, so listen, I'm going to open up the lines again because I can see we've got a couple of calls. So, going to go to 041. 041, the floor is yours. Hello, who's speaking? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is Kwame, man, from, I, from, from uh, West London. How are you doing, Kwame? You all right? Question or statement? Um, statement to uh, Okoli. Um, <laughs> it's not Ghana versus uh, Nigeria here, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not Ghana versus Nigeria here, is it? <laughs> I hear you, Kwame. No, no we're, we're, we're rooting for him at, 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 the, um, at the Olympics, man. It was a shame that he didn't come through. And I, I, I just wanted, wanted to ask him uh, if, if he had a chance, will, will he fight that guy from Cuba again? Um, absolutely. Uh, I felt like he took a piece of me with him wherever he went. So uh, as much as I'm obviously I want to move on, but he's one of the best boxers um, at the weight class in the world at the moment, and that mm. we've seen for a long time. Yeah. Um, he's boxed in multiple Olympics, and I boxed him in my, like my 24th and 26th fight, um, mm. where he'd had hundreds of fights but just to um, be able to you know test myself and um, see the work I've put in since then and the work I'm going to continue to put in will be a good benchmark yeah yeah, he's obviously someone that obviously once you have a fight with someone you learn to respect them Um, so yeah I definitely would um, embrace a fight but if not we do have plans of going actually to places like Cuba and Kazakhstan to get some work in with um, those boxers there Cheers. Kwame, uh, yeah, statement? Yeah, or are you yeah, going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 guys, before I forget, man, love the show. You you, you, you know us, man. We're, we're, we're loving the, the, uh, the amount of guys that you're getting in the studio. We want to get more. We're, we're following you guys up. Um, I wanted to say, say something about the World Cover of Fight, but I, I don't think that it's generating enough... There's enough animosity there to to generate generate a, a lot of crowd over there. But but um j- just a, a last one to Okoli as well. Um, j- just want to say big up. I hope we, we we see you on 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 the TV more, more often. Um, is is there any any, any chance that um you're going to be top billing at some point? Um, first yeah. of July, but let me ask. I'll be boxing on TV again first of July, but top in the bills. It's definitely something that um, I believe will happen in my career. I just have to keep getting experience, and as soon as yeah. I start boxing for titles, um, yeah, we got we got to start topping builds. I'm gonna open it up to another caller. I've got an uh, anonymous, so I'm gonna mm. take you out. But I do have your number. Hello, who's speaking? Ah, you see, they they, they always drop. And eight two two, eight two two. The floor is yours. Hello. Hello there. Hi, hi. Who's speaking? Hello, guys. Yes, Graham calling from Reading. How you doing, Graham? You right? Thanks, Hi, Graham. Thanks for calling in. I'm very well, thank you. Hi, good. guys. You're right. Um, first of all, congratulations on the show. Really thank good. You. I don't listen to any boxing shows, but I do like yours. So thank well you very done much. That. Appreciate that. Um, I've, I've got one question to Lawrence, and then I've got a statement about the Ward Cobbler fight. Perfect. So, um, question to Lawrence, and um, apologies on putting you on the spot with this one. Um, you're obviously uh, at the beginning of your career as a professional, but I wondered if you had any aspirations as to how long you think it should take before you have your first title fight. Um, it depends. Which title are you asking? Should we say uh, British? Any title. Um, uh, sorry, I was, I was on about world title. Okay, so world, title, world title. Um, personally, uh, I think maybe 
three years. But um, my coach seems to think it would take two years. But mm. we'll, we'll we'll have to um, see. So have, and one minute. Um, so he's just got a statement on wards. Uh, sorry, Graham, do you want yeah, to... Um, yeah, cool. So statement on Ward Kovalev. Um, my prediction is it will be the same fight as last time. The only say Ward will win on points. The only difference will be that I don't think Ward will get buzzed at all. Yeah. So, Graham, listen, first time caller, we're going to need you to call in next week to talk about your pick and your prediction. But thank you very much for the support. Fine. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Perfect. I'm sorry, Nam, you were saying. Yeah, so I'm going to say, um, to fight for a world title in two years, how many fights are you going to be having? Uh, I'm having uh, eight Eight within the first year. year. And then... We'll figure out, um, depending on how we're going to be like a lot of fights we're going to have to yeah. pack in the next two years, but, um, yeah? Uh, in yeah. the weight class that I'm in, you see people boxing for world titles mm. in 10 fights, 15 fights. Okay. So It's a thin division. Um, yeah, it's not like, it, once you're fit enough and that obviously you've got a good enough boxing <laughs> ability, the opportunities um, do arise. Um, so yeah, that's it. It's not like, you know, welterweights and stuff mm. where mm. everyone's around that weight from welterweight to super mm. middleweight. It's a case where, um, at, like this weight, it's a very sort of. I think they're, like, yeah, this is very, very, very thin. Any preferred routes? You got any preferred routes you want to go down? Um, per- personally, I'd want to win a British title before I win a world title, just because um, I never won a um, ABA title, which is the amateur um, British title. So it would be nice for me to um, win something like um, that. Even though I went and represented Great Britain in the Olympics. I don't have like a piece that says this is me, like mm. number one in um, Britain. So I definitely like that. But I think once you, once I'm physically fit and robust enough to do twelve rounds of hard fighting, being punched, punching back, then as much as there's a difference in class, there's not much a difference physically from doing twelve rounds for a British title and doing twelve rounds for a world title. But we'll have to wait and see when we get there. Fantastic, perfect, perfect. guys. Um, so thank you very much. So we're gonna switch it up now and move on to the big fight of the weekend um, Ward versus Kovalev um, so last year November um, we saw two I would say probably the pound for pound sort of kings of that division uh, come together to fight for the uh, super middleweight sorry super light heavyweight uh, belts across all levels um, slightly controversial um, we're going to go into fight week what we expect to see from the weigh in the press conference um, but I guess what I really wanted to kind of say to the guys is like you know, first first war, first fight would win. Second one's come about. Do we feel this is a, is a grudge match? Yeah, I, I yeah, definitely. Think, I, I definitely think it's a grudge match. Um, some of the stuff that's been said yeah. on both sides. You know, um, Ward saying that Kovalev's making excuses. Kovalev mm. saying that he's going to end Ward's career. And you know, back them them two going back and forth. I think those two men, as much as they respect each other's fighters, mm. the don't like each other as, mm. as as two individuals. Yeah. Do you feel that Kovalev saying that I'm going to end his career is a bit too much, or do you think it's it's the, it's the way things go? Mm. It's that's boxing. I think it depends on who you are mm. and who's listening. Yeah. Um. For me, obviously, I'm a boxer, and I wouldn't want anyone to end my career or to end anyone's career. Mm. But um, I think he he just he wants to get to Ward and and really hurt him, and mm. even if even if it's just mind games, mm. you know. He's the crusher, you know, dangerous yeah. punt. Like, so I think he wants to let him know. Um, I think I'm it means it. To, uh, yeah. I, I, I think he absolutely hates Ward, yeah. you know, yeah. because 
what's happened is he was living the dream. He's got these mm. free belts, mm. you know. He's gonna, you know, it's Smashing all it's all set up, isn't path, it? Yeah. Like Ward was supposed to be the sacrificial lamb, mm. bring him up from super yeah, middleweight, yeah. crush a, t- t- you know, beats him, and he becomes a legitimate, you yeah. know, world title. You know, like mm. he's defeated Andre mm. Ward, mm. and he goes for that WBC, and he's yeah, there basically yeah, the yeah. king. Mm. What's happened? My man's come up and he's destroyed the dream, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. So I think he absolutely hates him. You can mm. tell from the language and the mm. stuff that he uses. You know, he slaps like a girl. Yeah. Or you know the, the amount of stuff that's come out with you know the the, the pure nasty nastiness yeah. that you know son of judges and oh, everything yeah. else mm. the swear words which mm. is you know I shouldn't really swear yeah. but like you know mm-hmm. or, yeah. it's, you know it's, it's been yeah. atrocious yeah. conduct yeah. right yeah, yeah, yeah and I think I think from Ward's perspective Ward is someone that is highly principled guy yeah, yeah. yeah he's a very very ethical guy mm. very very high moral principle mm. high, high moral fiber you know he's a very different kettle of fish from Kovalev and mm. I think the way Kovalev's conducted himself mm. Ward has said I've lost respect for him yeah. as a man yeah you know, and that is that is for me the ultimate difference between the two. Mm. I think you know? Kovalev also truly believed that he won that fight. Now, I think if you watch it back, I think if you know boxing, you know that I've, in my opinion, anyway, mm. Ward won that fight yeah. quite comfortably. Yeah. But Kovalev was definitely putting more pressure on him throughout mm. the fight, and Kovalev. seemed to be doing the, the yes. more more of the work. Mm. And I think he came out of that generally believing that he'd been slightly robbed. Mm. So it's definitely got his back up. So mm. while Ward is you know, playing it cool and the classy character. I think mm. that Kovalev's definitely feeling begrudged from the first fight. So yeah. I think he's meaning everything he says when he comes in here that he really actually truly wants to hurt him. Um, there was a question I was going to ask. There was a question I was going to ask Lawrence, right? And uh, what we've what we know is Kovalev is angry, mm-hmm. right? I think it's been established he's angry. You know, he's going to the fight angry. Ward has clearly won the mental battle, right? How does that affect someone in the ring? Um, I think it depends on what kind of fighter you are. Um, some people can be angry up until the time they walk for, um, to the ring walk and then they have a focus on the fight. But a lot of the time it's difficult to separate emotions from a fight mm. because there's the person that you don't like yeah. and you're allowed to have a fight with them. Mm. Uh, so I think as it depends on um, the two fighters. If both of them are angry and both of them want to come in the middle mm. and have a fight out of anger, mm. um, it, it, it changes things. But if one is angry and the other one has the skill to nullify um, the aggression, yeah. um, it, it can make the angry fighter really it's come unstuck. Should, you should never fight angry. I think 100%. you always say fight smart, but I think yeah. you have to at least be composed. You have to yeah. know what you're doing. If you're fighting and there's too much anger, there's too much animosity. Mm-hmm. To me, I think you burn up a lot of energy. Energy that definitely. us in the audience can't even see. And they're yeah. just thinking, why is this guy's hands dropping? Yeah, it's because yeah. he's used up yeah. too much energy. Yeah. He's not thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. So That's one thing that he does very yeah. well, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, if you notice with Lawrence, he's a very cool and collected mm-hmm. character. Yeah. Um, and even though he hasn't come up with anyone that's necessarily caught, like had some sort of personal beef against him, mm-hmm. he obviously will do, I think, in the next few fights. Mm-hmm. He never it never goes to his head. He's yeah. even in the changes beforehand. He's very calm and collected. Good. You see it even in you know when he goes face to face with these people. There's mm. people. There's fighters that stand there and like if you're if you're breaking eye contact, then you've lost the mental battle yeah, and like they get themselves worked up. Mm. In the face off, he'll literally stare at the guy for five seconds and he's mm. he's out of it. Mm. Yeah. Um, so he separates those two emotions very well, I think. Mm. That, and that, that's the smart thing to do, I think. Yeah. I've never been a fighter, but that's the only advice I would give is that mm-hmm. fight smart. And I'm yeah. pretty certain all the pros try to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. when I think back into the past, even Joshua Dillian White, mm-hmm. you know, we, 
we saw an entertaining fight, but we saw that Joshua lost his rag a little yeah, bit mm-hmm. because he just wanted to get the better of uh, Dillian White. So I think that's pretty key. Um, so in terms of this fight, um, it's been quite clear, I don't know if you guys remember, John David Jackson didn't have the input that he wanted mm-hmm. into Kovalev during the fight. Um, during the 24-7, he's come out and said he was told to take a step back. What do you think that can do to the... What do you think John David Jackson can bring this time around to improve Kovalev? And what do you think Kovalev needs to do to beat Ward in terms of improving? Um, I think in terms of that, it, um, if John David Jackson is the one that trains him on a day-to-day mm. and during sparring, he's the one that gives him instruction, mm. that's exactly what he needs on fight day. Yeah. Um, the reasons why he changed it to um, mm, the, the Russian, Russian culture or whatever, I, 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 I don't know the mm. answer to that. But if he 100% trusts John David Jackson mm. um, and John David Jackson 100% trusts that he's going to listen to what he has to say, mm. um, that could improve um, Kovalev's performance. Yeah. Um, but I don't really know what's going on with them because yeah. uh, it's, it's, it seemed a bit fishy in the yeah. build-up. Um, but I'm sure you'll talk about that. Later. No, and that's I think that's I think and Anne probably would have brought that point up. John David yeah. Jackson's been exposed potentially for trying to jump ships. Mm. That's never a good thing leading yeah. up to a big fight, is it? And you never really hear. Are you about familiar it? with no, what happened? What, no, he, what he so apparently, so there's there's two sides to every story, as you can mm. imagine. So what Team Ward is saying is that John David Jackson reached out to them via the lawyer. So um, John David Jackson and Ward have the same lawyer. Mm. Via that lawyer, apparently Jackson said, "Listen." I'm not happy. This guy's been treating me badly. He shouted at me during training, shouted at me after the fight. Supposedly, he wants to leave. They made that public knowledge. Not just leave, John Ward. Yeah, John John Team Ward. Um, And then Team Ward made that public knowledge and Jackson's like, well, no, they made me an offer to Mm. leave. But one of the things where I feel he slipped up, he said, if they had met my offer, I would have left. And I was like, well... You were having a conversation, mm-hmm. and that can't be good yeah, yeah, yeah. for such a yeah. big fight. It's um, the wording, isn't it? If they yeah. met my yeah, offer, exactly. my offer, you this know, he has put an offer out yeah. there. You know, he said and, his price, and, yeah. and and ultimately, you know, ultimately, like you know, you can see it's a it's a charged up relationship between the two camps, mm-hmm. right? Why on earth would you keep it a secret that they have come to you? Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. as soon as they got wind of it, they released it straight yeah, to the public course, domain, so, right? Yeah, so so either you're an idiot mm-hmm. or you're just outright lying, which, yeah, yeah. you know, which I, I think is the latter. You know, I think it's clearly the case, you know. Yeah. And then, so if we then talk about that, you know, clearly the, the trust must be gone. Mm. Yeah, they can't course. be, they can't be yeah, trust within the camp. So no. the dynamics of that relationship within the training camp, I think it's going to become irrelevant. Mm. Mm-hmm. You see what I I'm agree, trying to say? Agree, it's yeah. going to be irrelevant. So I think he's going to probably rely a lot more in, on, on his Russian coach. And mm. I think that, you know, if, if Jackson's there, it's just going to be for pretenses, you know, for deceptions. Yeah, yeah, he should just walk away then. Yeah. So guys, I know our callers and our listeners are dying to kind of jump in on this topic. So I'm going to go through the list again. Um, getting your predictions now, guys, on Ward versus Kovalev 2. We are specifically talking about Ward, Kovalev 2, unless you want to big up Lawrence Okoli again. 985, I think that's Daniel. Daniel? Hello again. How, How are you doing, fellas? We're doing, we're good, we're doing good, fantastic. mate. So, what's your prediction? Uh, I'm just going to say, fantastic show as usual. You're Thank you. absolutely smashing it, boys. Thank you. You're Thanks, killing Daniel. It. You're killing Keep it. Breaking my killing pencil. it. Killing it. <laughs> so, what's anyway, your prediction? Uh, uh, you know me, Ward all, Ward all day long. I think he schools him, and you know what? He'll really fucking shut him up this time. Points you know or I mean? knockout? You can't say nothing. Points. Points, yeah, points, yeah, points, 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 yeah, points, points, 
Perfect, Dad. So listen, make sure you call in next week to, to talk about your pre, uh, prediction. Um, we're going to run through 100%. all the list. Thank you very much. So right, we're okay. going out to right. 348. 348. The floor yeah. is yours. Hello. Tom, How you doing, Tom? You all right? So Tom, what's your prediction? Yeah, you Ward Kovalev? Yeah, so I just wanted to start before obviously breaking down the fight. I just wanted to say, I think we can all agree the promotion for this fight has been terrible yeah. in context with the two being the two top pound-for-pound pound fighters in the world yeah. uh, to many. Um, I just wanted to sort of say that um, I disagree with what um, was it Lawrence's uh, manager said about yeah. um, that Ward won the fight convincingly. I think if you look back at the fight, the first six rounds, I'd say Kovalev won the majority of those rounds. Okay. And um, I feel he nicked maybe two rounds in the second half of the fight. Obviously, you have the 10 8 round as well. Yeah, I was going to say, Tom, all right, Tom, we need your prediction because I don't think we could go back and forth to be fair. Because <laughs> I don't uh, think he won the first six rounds, but yeah. Basically, Tom saying Ward okay, won two rounds. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Right. All right. So, Tom, what's your prediction? Sorry. So, uh, prediction, I'm going to say Kovalev late uh, stoppage. Late stoppage. Perfect. Any, any round? Yeah. Feel like putting a bit. Saying the rounds? Um, in terms of the round, I don't know. It's just the way um, Ward and Kovalev both approached the opening affairs. I think Kovalev might just break him down. I think he might land a bit more flush this time. Perfect. Thank you very much, Tom. Keep supporting and we will speak to you next week. Uh, 251. 251. Hello. Yeah, hi. It's uh, Below the Belt TV again. How are you doing, Below the Belt? What's your prediction? I would go with Ward. I think he's got the better boxing brain anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, he's felt the power that uh, Kovalev has. And it sounds like Kovalev's entire camp is in a bit of disarray with the, with the coach, considering going elsewhere for money. And But don't get me wrong, at the same time, obviously, uh, Sergei is a really, really top, top-level fighter. But I just think, I think Ward wins. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. We've got that noted down. Again, guys, make sure you call in. So just blitzing through. So I've got an anonymous number. I'm trying to open, see if they will talk. Hello? Hello? Hi, hello? 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 Yes, I'm um, first caller. First time caller. Are Hi. you listening to the show? I think, sorry. Um, can you put the sound back on? Because we're done. We can hear the echo. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on. All right, I'm going to come back to you. Anonymous. Um, 319. 319. Hello. Yeah, it's Uma, boys. How you doing? Not too bad. Um, Omar, did you say Uma? Yeah, yeah, it's me. Yeah, How you yeah. doing? You right? What are we saying? Prediction? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, Ward. Uh, I had Kovalev win the first fight. I think okay. rewatching it the other day, um, whenever they clinched, I noticed Kovalev sort of reset himself when they were breaking away and Ward was like throwing two or three good body shots. Okay. I think if Kovalev does more inside work this time, I think, uh, yeah, I think he'll wear down Ward more. Uh, Ward Moore. Um, he is a much better boxer for me in terms of like okay. landing sort of straight, straight dabs and got more power. But like, he just does more inside work. But I've been winning this. Okay. Um, this, yeah. So you got also Mayweather McGregor. Yes. Another point. That is a complete joke. Um, can't blame Mayweather McGregor for taking it. Obviously, money talks. But to have it before Golovkin Canelo. Yeah. He's going to do so many more views, and I think it's just bad for boxing. I think it's really bad, but oh, oh well. <laughs> yeah, and we'll definitely pick up on that later. So, um, Umar, just to confirm, you're saying Kovalev points or stoppage? I'm going. I'm going Kovalev points, and as long as he does more body work um, uh, this time. Okay. But 
There's no caveat in your prediction, eh? I'm putting, I'm writing down Kovalev. That's all right. No, I'm going Kovalev points. All right, wicked. All right, thank you very much, Umar. I'm going to move on because I want to try and get all the predictions as possible. Uh, 081, 081. How you doing, guys? Nicholas here. How you doing, Nicholas? I'm good, I'm good. You guys good? We're we're good, we're good, mate. Um, Prediction? All right, um, prediction. Uh, just before the prediction, I just wanted to say, uh, just big up to Lawrence. Um, I wish you all the you. best in your Thank career, you. uh, and I definitely will be looking out for you. Hope that you know you'll be as much as much as successful as you can be. Thank you. And um, for the prediction, uh, I'm definitely going to go with Ward again. I went with Ward the first time. Um, I mm-hmm. think the only difference is going to be is that it's going to be actually even easier for Ward. It's going to be an easier fight because the first fight it kind of brought him and beat him in his own game mm. and I think this fight is just going to give him a proper boxing lesson mm. and so. uh, it's not going to be as close as the first fight that's my prediction perfect it's going to be on points it won't be a knockout points, but he's yep. going to win by points but it'll be a boxing lesson that's what I reckon perfect schooling thank you very much Nicholas moving on sorry guys trying to blitz through this uh, uh, 142 142 the floor is yours hey hey guys how you doing it's Mark how you doing Mark Mark, how you doing? You all right? Yeah, you all right? Yeah, good enough. How are you, mate? Very you good. Okay? Very good. Mark both was one both. of our competition winners for Kel Brook versus uh, Errol Spence, but unfortunately couldn't make it. But yeah, Mark, thank you so much, mate, for calling in. Hey, it's all right. Um, just the, the show is just going from strength to strength, so I just keep up the good, good work, guys. And thank you. Um, thank you. Lawrence, it's a um, pleasure to watch your, um, your, your progression through the thank ranks. So I look forward to thank watching the rest lot. of it. Perfect. So, Mark, what's your prediction? Ward versus Kovalev? Um, I think Kovalev is going to stick it all over in this time. <laughs> okay. And, and what are you saying? Points? Right. Stoppage? Um, yeah, I think I think it's a point. I, to be honest, I really don't care who wins. I just think um, Kovalev will, will come with more aggression mm. um, in this fight. I think um, I think he will have learned from the last fight, as as will have Ward. Um, Ward and, and obviously Ward's a, a cracking fighter as well. So. But it'd just be really interesting. Just what a, yeah, what a great fight for the sport. Perfect. Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, we're going to move on. This is going to be our last call out for this evening before we go on to a further breakdown. 860, the floor is all yours. Enjoy it. Who's speaking? Hello, lad. It's Paul again. How you doing, Paul? Paul, how you doing? Yeah, doing well. you? Good, good, good. Uh, Paul, Ward versus Kovalev? Uh, I think Ward on points. I think last half of the fight, the. Uh, he worked Kovalev out, and mm-hmm. I think he's going to start the same way. Yeah. But also, Kovalev's fighting angry this time, so he's not going to be as focused. So mm. I think, as long as Ward uh, weathers the early storm, <laughs> I think he's going to beat him on points. Perfect, perfect. Thank you very much, Paul. So listen, thanks for calling no in, and enjoy the fight. And for everybody that's called in so far tonight, please um, make sure you enjoy the fight, because we're all looking forward to it. Just to start talking about it a bit more in terms of a breakdown. Um, first fight, um, well, you said something. You said, yeah, you thought it was an easy decision. Mm-hmm. I have to say, um, although I did feel it was a close fight, I felt that you could see where Ward was dominating. So, for mm-hmm. example, Kovalev just kept chasing him. He wasn't mm-hmm. cutting the ring down smartly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was throwing punches, he just started throwing one punch as opposed to early in the rounds. Yeah. He was throwing at least two or three. So, for me... Ward became the clear winner going mm. down the stretch. I think the beauty of this fight, as a boxing fan, I would say, is that 
there's so many different opinions. So you've heard the guys calling, some are saying Kovalev, some are saying Ward. Around the world, people are saying that. And I think at the end of the day, it shows it's a close fight yeah. and that's all we want. Um, I'm going to go around the table now, give a bit of, or ask you guys your predictions. Happy for you to give additional analysis. So now I'll start with you. I, What's I, happening Saturday night? I, I think Ward will win and he's going to win even more comprehensively this time. Mm-hmm. I just think it's just a unique talent very, very clever, mm-hmm. you know, very much in the kind of Maver mold, you know, mm-hmm. uses logic and he just... Mm-hmm. Ring IQ. Ring IQ, just another planet. And the thing is, he's been in with this guy already, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. The way he just adapted in that first fight was incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, after he got knocked down, I'm looking at him thinking, oh my God, mm-hmm. right? And I thought, Kovalev is just too big. That was my initial impression. I thought he was just too big. Yeah. It's a step too far. Too but the way he just adjusted, man, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you know, he he just did it. You know, the inside. You know, he just went started fine on the inside. Didn't allow Kovalev to drive and create any kind of power. Mm-hmm. He's been in that scenario, so he just makes me think. He knows Kovalev now. The second fight is for me. It's going to be an even more comprehensive win for him. You know, I think it's going to be a schooling. So to the awards. Will? Yeah. I was thinking exactly the same thing. I think Ward's going to win on points and it's going to be wider than the first fight because I felt second six rounds of the first fight, Ward figured him out mm-hmm. um, and by the end was was schooling him, like you say. I think also we've got the fact that Kovalev is angry. Mm. Um, he's going in there wanting to, as we discussed earlier, end the guy's career. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to be on the front foot a lot more, which I think plays into Ward's hands. Yeah. And I think also he knows that he's not going to beat him over 12 rounds on mm-hmm. points. So I feel like he's got to get the stoppage to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's going to play into Ward's hands. I think he's just going to pick him off for 12 rounds very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll win wider. Yeah. Big man of Coley, Lawrence? Um, personally, I think it's not going to be as straightforward as that. I think, mm-hmm. like I said, for the first like, three or four rounds, um, Cobbler is going to be extremely dangerous because he is bigger, got longer reach. And as much as Ward is a talented fighter, like mm. one of the best we've seen, I think just that physical presence and the fact that Kovalev is a good fighter, not mm. as great a fighter as Ward, mm-hmm. it means that for the first like you know one to four rounds, Kovalev's going to be extremely dangerous. But I think it'll be the same sort of pattern that um, he's dominating in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then um, Ward will break him down because I don't think it was anything to do with Kovalev's training that mm. made him get tired because he's a professional fighter who had. Mm months of training mm. is more the case that Ward's body shots mm. Ward's movement started to tire him out yeah. and if Kovalev can't get to him um, very early and hurt him and mm. capitalise on it then Ward will continue the movement boxing picking feints and dance his way to um, a comfortable win yeah. if not sorry because yeah. um, this fight I'm sure Ward obviously knowing um, Kovalev Ward might even be the one to get the stoppage if he breaks um, Kovalev down earlier mm. and um, he might just yeah just wear him out to the point of the stoppage so you're saying Ward Ward I'm, I'm, I'm saying Kovalev if Kovalev's going to win it would be an early knockout yeah. or Ward will probably Ward. win on points Sounds if not like stoppage. On the fence, I was just fair. about to say you know I, I mean <laughs> luckily there's a bit of distance so I can <laughs> say that Will you're not so quick you're a bit too close but no come on mate you've got to pick one oh as in one um, <laughs> it's got to be one <laughs> I'm, Great analysis, though, but yeah, it has to nah, be one. I think more the favours towards Ward. Towards, yeah. Perfect. And that's points. What are you, coach? Um, yeah, off the bat, um, I think, for me, both fighters are extreme, extremely talented. It is going to be a tough fight. I think 
Do you know what? There's something about Kovalev that makes me believe him. Even though he's angry with what he says, I believe that he's really going to come in there mm. and give it his all. I just think sometimes it's about levels of smartness. Mm-hmm. And I, if, I think he can improve his stamina, but can he improve his ring IQ? Yeah. And that's what I'm not mm-hmm. sure of. And mm-hmm. I think Ward, again, it's the little things, just how he moves around. He punches, starts throwing shots, body shots, you know, to slow him down. Um, I just don't know if Kovalev is going to be able to do enough. I can't see Ward getting a stoppage. I just don't think he's got that power. I think no. he, one of Ward's weaknesses is his lack of real KO power. But I think he's got the ability to just outpunch him, yeah. um, land the better shots. You know, again, if he can stop Kovalev from throwing three or four shots at a time, Ward's got a better chance. Because in the uh, first fight, the early rounds, he was Kovalev was throwing three or four punches. And every time was kind of landing and, mm-hmm. and Ward was going back. Whereas later on in the fight, you see Kovalev is on the back foot. He throws one punch, he's moving back. It looked like Mayweather. He throws one mm-hmm. punch and he's starting yeah. to move back out. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to go with Ward on points. Um, I think it will be close. Um, I think what we have to say is anybody that feels that any it's going to be a robbery, or sorry, the first one was a robbery, clearly you, don't, you, you cannot say that. It was not a robbery. It was a close fight. Um, mm-hmm. I hope there's a bit more distance between the two, but... Personally, I think it's going to be Ward on points again and probably a quite a close fight. Um, mm. That's that's my opinion on that. So that's everybody done. Um, so we're going to quickly move on before we roll out the show. Uh, Haskins, Burnett, and Nam, you want to quickly touch yeah, on that? Yeah, so, you know, Ryan Bennett's uh, brings Lee Haskins over to Belfast, wins the IBF bantamweight, but it's, it's his story is inspirational. You know, mm. it's an incredible story. I don't know if you guys know the background behind it, you know. So he's come up from Ireland, Starts training with Ricky Hatton. Um, a doctor comes in. The doctor signs him off with a brain injury, so he pretty much loses his license. You know, it takes a year for him to get his license back. Um, after that, he, he has a mutual breakup with Ricky, Ricky Hatton. He's with his dad. He's homeless. Mm. At this stage, he's homeless. He's with his dad. They're both homeless. They're sleeping in a jeep around the country. And they're looking at each other. Should we give up? Should we give up? And like, no, nah, let's persevere. They identify Adam Booth. Through contacts, they get hold of Adam Booth, persuade Adam Booth to start training him. Uh, Adam Booth says, look, let's do this. You know, we're going to fight for a year or so without a promoter. I'm just going to manage you. They're fighting a small couple of small small hall shows. Get in touch with Matchroom and look at the... It's Mm. another brilliant example of a Rocky-style story. Rags to riches. You know, rags to riches. A guy with his dad, you know, sleeping in a jeep through the streets of London, finding parking spaces and sleeping. You know, going and getting them clean in somebody's house that they might know. Mm. And from that, to going... To Belfast, back to his wow. hometown, to become world champion. One incredible story, perfect, perfect brilliant story. story, you know. Perfect. So on that, because we're going to move on. Um, another guy that you you know well, Team GP, Boatsy, yeah. now signed to Matchroom. I mean, again, it just kind of shows that from the Olympics into Matchroom is the straight path. But tell us what our listeners can expect from Boatsy. You've obviously um, been on tour with him. Yeah, I mean, him. I've seen him not just in the Olympics, but in other tournaments. Yeah, and um, like I was just a little bit less excited about him turning pro than myself. That's how excited I was about him turning pro. Um, He's got like an amazing style that will adapt to the pros. Like he's, Mm. he goes in with a mentality, it's me or them. And that's that. You know what I mean? So there's no, there's no games. Yeah, it's going to be extremely exciting. Mm -hmm. And not to mention he's a good boxer. He's Mm -hmm. not, because everyone's seen him knock so many people out. They think he's just this big brawler, Mm. but he's got skill to match it. 
great fitness. I'm well I'm, exci- I'm, I'm yeah, I'm I'm excited about him. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, from your point of view, obviously you both part of Matchroom, quite close GB mm-hmm. Olympics. Mm-hmm. Like, what was going on with the Jalof Wars? Like, you know that Ghana's uh, holding it up, man. I hope you we, didn't try to we, bring that up too much. Yeah, yeah. We, were, <laughs> we were we were sharing a room in um, Rio. Yeah, um, we were sharing a um, room, so we agreed to um, not let that get in the way. Yeah, or anything, and, and still uh, support each other. Yeah, yeah. And we just left that. I like, I, 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 I like that. Perfect. What is it about Olympians that Eddie Hearn thinks is a key to success? Well, clearly, he's he's identifying something. He thinks this is it. It's like a rotator belt. What? Why is he? Why is he targeting Olympians? Um, is it marketability? Is it they come with a story of representing the country? I, I think it's um, to do with that, and also to do with the level um, to get to Olympics. So, I mean, you don't just have to be the best in Great Britain. You have to be the best on your continent. And then, obviously, one of the best in the world to get to Olympic Games because um, you have to qualify by being, yeah, like I said, either the best in your in your continent or one of the best in the world. And you're boxing against um, the best boxers from all different countries mm. and having to maintain your head and bo- operate at a high level with a lot of pressure. Mm. So I think those skills translate well into professionals, being able to handle big occasions, boxing at a high level mm-hmm. and um, keeping your head so... Those things translate into the pros. Why does why does the GB squad have such a successful um, group of amateurs? You know, it's just name after name after name. Mm. What what is driving that success? I think um, a the cultures are fantastic and they've got um, a great setup there. But I think everything all round is done. So in terms of your strength and conditioning set, your run set, mm-hmm. the analysis is set like. And it's all the little stuff that makes a big difference. So, for example, we have video analysis. So mm-hmm. we'll look at archives of whoever we're going to fight the next day and see their strengths and weaknesses. And then you have the whole night or the whole day before you box to mull it over. Um, physios, mm-hmm. whenever you get little injuries that might help take someone out of a tournament, they know what stretches to do or what, like, what, how many minutes to ice it for. And those make a difference in the longevity in the tournament mm-hmm. so it's just um, all round and the fact that there's a team so you know there's 10 boxers or however many boxers in the tournament who all get to you know the camaraderie yeah. walking around together making sure each other's on weight mm. not snacking whatever and then when it's time to fight you know you've got a team of um, boxers cheering you on so I think that all of those things come together um, and the final bit is it's extremely competitive because there's not just you know, 10 boxes for the 10 weight classes, there's 30 or 40, so there's mm. two or three in every weight class. So every single day when you're waking up, they might not say it, but mm. you're looking over at the number two and number three and they're looking over at you and yeah. you're going for that run. Mm. And who finishes first? Is it the number one that finishes first or is it number two and three that are hungry? Mm. So when you're on top, you have to fend off the other two. Mm. And when you're number two <laughs> and three, you have to battle up. to yeah. catch up. So that competitive... It doesn't get hostile, mm. but it's extremely competitive. Mm. And you know that only one person gets to go to a major tournament. So mm. you do whatever it takes to be that one. Yeah. So every time you spar, it's, you have a set thing you're working on, but you know if you can yeah, get one get over, one. 
you will. Yeah. And um, yeah, it just it just helps push each other on. Yeah, and it's like you said. I mean, it's like being world champion. The the hard work really starts once you get your first belt, mm -hmm. whatever level, because yeah. actually that's when all the targets are on your back and everybody wants a shot at you, mm -hmm. and they're comparing you to the other champions. So definitely, I can believe the hard work starts. And um, again, Will, just a question for you, and it's just mm -hmm. again for you to expand on however much you like. Um, in terms of AJ Boxing and what the vision is for the company, yeah. Like, do you want to just maybe just tell our listeners what what you can about? AJ Boxing and the About vision? where we want to go with yes. it. Um, yeah, like I said, I mean, as, as you guys I'm sure know, boxing traditionally has been, is quite a tricky business, mm. particularly for the boxers. Mm. And a lot of them get treated very badly mm. um, and don't get the fair share of what they're entitled to. So Anthony, although that's never happened to him, he's grown up in the sport and he's grown up in a background where that sort of stuff goes on and he knows people that have been... Um, treated badly and not treated in the right way mm -hmm. um both in life and within the industry and so mm -hmm. when he got the platform that he got mm -hmm. through the olympics and then doing what he's done so far in the professional ranks he well firstly is very entrepreneurial person as lawrence knows mm -hmm. um he likes to do things his own way mm -hmm. that's why he started aj boxing he mm -hmm. had offers from massive agencies around mm -hmm. the world but for that specific reason I explained just now, he, mm. he wanted to do his own thing. Yeah. So having established himself and established AJ Boxing, mm -hmm. um, he then saw the opportunity to expand on that mm. uh, from a business perspective and yeah. start representing talent. And yeah. we're very early into the stage now. We, the company has been formed just over a year. Mm. Lawrence was the first fighter that we signed and we have uh, lucky enough to be working with Joshua Boatsy now as well. well. Good. Um, and exclusive for those of you that may not know yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, semi-exclusive. But yeah, so we want to build a stable out yeah. of the right people, like I said earlier, that we think are going to have the potential to go all the way. Mm. And we want to ensure that they're treated with, a, you know, with respect and in the right manner so that they come out of this sport mm -hmm. at the, the other end, yeah. fully set up for yeah. a life financially mm. and outside of boxing, you know, media-wise in terms of a career because... It's a short game. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, you might have 10, 11, 12 years where you can actually maximise your earning potential. Mm. And then after that, you know, you're kind of left yeah, high and dry and you're not really sure what you want to do. So the way that we want to have our relationship with Lawrence and Joshua and hopefully any other fighters that we sign mm. is that we're here for the whole journey. It's yeah. not just about when he decides to retire. It's about what mm. we do with him after. Yeah. You know, how we get him into a position within the media, whether that's you know, broadcasting, punditry, mm -hmm. writing, yeah. you know, maybe business. managing his business, maybe yes. managing his own, his own yeah. stable of fighters. We want to be mm. there to, to help him through the whole story mm. so that he's, you know, he, he hangs up his gloves in however long mm. and he's set for life now yeah. financially and in terms of career prospects going forward. So we're a small team at the moment and it's, mm. and it's you know, it's a, almost a struggle the whole time having to, to manage the workload between the three of them because they've, mm. they've all got three very high profiles. So yeah. we don't want to expand extremely quickly. Mm. Um, we want to expand at a steady and manageable pace. And yep. like I said, that's why we're only working. We're not working with just anyone. Yeah. We're working with people that we truly think yep. are going to go right to the very top. Mm. And I tell you now, Lawrence, Joshua, but Lawrence particularly is going to go right to the very top. Mm. Um, 
and that's and that's that's why we're working with him. So it's it's the start of a young of a, of a long journey. Yeah, you've only just got me. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, listen. The offer is always. We've been. It's your first appearance on Raps on TV, so yeah. you're more than welcome to come back. We'd love to have you back in the studio yeah. anytime. And wish you guys all the best at AJ Boxing as well. And Lawrence, we're gonna definitely wish you all the best in your Thank career. You. And um, I don't. Do you want to say anything? Yeah, guys, you know, it's been brilliant having you on, on, come on the show. Honestly, it's yeah. been a great, great experience. We've always been fantastic hearing about AJ Boxing, you know, it's, and what you guys are doing. It really is uh, it's taking it to the next level in terms of management, you know, not mm-hmm. just, just managing the boxing career, but also post-boxing yeah. as well, looking at the investment. It's really fantastic to hear yeah, that, you know, looking exactly. after the boxers. And then, uh, so, guys, do you want to shout out your social media so our listeners know where to follow you, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of that, all of that, all of that? Yeah, uh, mine's Lawrence underscore TKL. Yep. Um, on Instagram, yep. Lawrence underscore TKL, and same on Twitter. Yep. Um, and from there, you'll be able to find my yep. Snapchat. I'm I'm not on Twitter. Instagram is at willhalf 92 but it's not that important. It's very boring. I'd rather you went and followed Lawrence underscore TKO. Yeah, Lawrence much underscore, more interesting. That's two requests for that. So, in now, quick, you want to do that? And yeah, our Twitter is at Raps on TV. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. And make sure you download uh, the show from iTunes podcast. Also, check out the website, rapsontv.com. And one final thing, we're always looking to expand the team. We've got seven, eight guys on the team right now. And if you want to join the team in writing, media production, anything like that, do get in touch. So just want to say thanks to all the listeners, everybody that's supporting, everybody that's called in all around the globe, all of that, all of that, all of that. One big shout out to Paul Smith. Good luck on your title fight this Saturday. Thanks for being a guest previously and wish you all the best. Guys, until next week, enjoy Ward versus Kovalev 2. Lawrence Akoli. Thank <laughs> you.